Well, we were actually talking about Frisky Dingo. This week we're not. Oh, yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome to Welcome to You Are Doom. Your host is always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Matt Dykes. Yeah. No uh, nickname. No, no nicknames. We're not doing nicknames in our hiatus weeks. I was going <laughs> to. I was going to try to pick a character from V, and then I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to do, since all the aliens just have fucking normal names. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's great, we have it? Matt, Brian, Dykes. <laughs> <laughs> like, this doesn't really work. Mainly because it's also your name. Yeah, I mean, that also. But they spell it with an I in the movie, so they spell it incorrectly. Take that, all you Brian listeners who spell it with an I. You mean uh, like everyone apart from you. <laughs> yeah, we do it right. Um, there's a few of us. There's dozens. Dozens! <laughs> um... I'm sorry for the very obvious coffee noise. I went to Starbucks this morning on my morning walk, so you will have to listen to a little bit of a, a little bit of this every now and then until I'm out of coffee. Sorry, listeners, but that's the way it works. Uh, so we're here. I it was popcorn. Our... No, wouldn't it be nice if it was popcorn? That'd be more fun. Um, <laughs> we are here this week uh, on our first hiatus week. Uh, we're gonna have a, I think, a couple of these. We're definitely having two this week, and then next week's episode will not come out on Monday. It'll come out on Friday, the thirteenth. I'll let you guess what we're going to talk about. Um, I might do a legit plug at the end of the episode, but right now, just think about what would we be talking about on Friday the 13th? I have no idea. What could it be? Yeah, we'll just let that Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> Clearly, Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street. Or no, we're just going to do Sleepaway Camp. You know, all three or four of those. Yeah. I actually really like Sleepaway Camp. If you watched it yet, you should. Um, <laughs> I have not. You should. Not yet. I... So in our hiatus, I didn't really know what to start with, because I knew what I wanted to do for next week, uh, hint again, on coming out on the 13th. But for this week, I was kind of drawing a blank, and I just kind of threw it out to Matt. I'm like, hey, I don't really know what to record this weekend. Do you have anything you wanted to do? And he immediately launched into, well, we should do V the miniseries, because it's only about three three and a half-ish hours long, uh, and it's whole season baked into just two episodes, so it's great for like a one-off. And I said, uh, okay, and then I had to somehow find a time to watch a three-hour miniseries along with two movies for After the Hype, or sorry, Behind the Hype, and uh, I'm still working on all 12 movies for that movie that's coming out on the 13th. But I found the time to do it, I watched it, I surprisingly loved it, and we're here to talk about it. I'm glad you loved it. I loved the hell out of it, man. There's always that worrying thing when you, especially something really old as well, something that's like, you know, this is 1983, TV yeah. miniseries. There's always that worry when you recommend something to someone, and you just think, "Are they gonna like it?" Uh, you know, I loved it. I first saw it as a kid, though, and it's kind of like, mm. so for me, it's like I didn't see the original miniseries first. I saw the sequel, which was it's called the Final Battle, which as like a, I think I was about ten years old or something at the time when I saw it, and as a ten year old, that's great because it's like it's just a lot of like laser battles and things like oh, that, sure, and yeah. you know that that's like you know that's perfect for a kid. So I didn't see the original miniseries though, but I you, you get enough context from what's going on in in the second one. Um, so when it actually came to seeing the actual original miniseries, it was a fair few years later, and I was a bit older, and immediately like oh this is a this is a different this is a different beast to that to that uh, to the final battle and it's just so much better <laughs> because like you get to like the final battle and it's like you know laser battle romantic scene with jazz music over the top of it laser battle romantic <laughs> scene with jazz music over the top of it. laser battle cliffhanger L- literally that's that's how it goes um the final battle 
and there's just something about the original miniseries that really grabbed me. And I've seen it loads and loads of times. I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And I've watched. It's one of the, you know, one of the things. One of the first things I watched with audio commentary on as well. And um, yeah, I like. So when I'm like going into it, it's like I'm very well aware that I have this deep-seated nostalgia for this, for this series, for the whole series of things. Um, and I do, and I did worry, is that gonna be, you know, will it still translate well to someone who's seen it for the first time now as you know someone who was an adult. Yeah, you know. I'm in my mid 30s. Like this thing was made before I was even born. Um, yeah. like, and and honestly, like the main reason I haven't watched it before now, because you and I have talked about it a couple times. Like especially when you're writing your article for it on our site. Uh, and I was always like vaguely interested in it. I was really interested in the uh, the remake series with I'm forgetting her name now from Deadpool and uh, Firefly. Uh, Marie Marina Baccarin, is that how you say that, her name? That sounds right. That's right. It's close yeah. enough where people know who we're talking about. Sorry, we've got the name wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I always really liked her as an actor, so I was excited to watch that. And then I just didn't for whatever reason. Like, I, I just don't think I had the best reviews, and people just weren't that into it. So I'm like, eh, I'll just I'll I'll watch the original at some point. And but I was always kind of like, it's a TV miniseries from the '80s. Like I've gone down this road before. I've seen it. It's horrible. Like I've seen <laughs> these like well loved. TV miniseries like no 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 they're fantastic and you watch them like this was boring it was obviously made for very cheap I get why you liked it when it came out but as of right now this thing's shit so when I <laughs> turn this one on I'm just like I know what I'm sitting down for I will just put myself in the headspace of the time and I'll just try to enjoy it of the time and that was like my that was my baseline going in like yeah all right but if I was around in 83 it would have been good right and that went out the fucking door within about 10 minutes. I'm like, no, this is good and it holds up now. Like, this is, like, fantastic sci-fi. It's a little cheesy at times. Like, the makeup's just a little wonky at times. The mm. voice effect is corny but also super effective. Like, everything that I thought would age poorly aged just fine. And the whole thing works. Even when you're getting, like, ridiculous chase scenes in the second half with, like, the, uh, I don't know what they're called, like, the shuttles, like, the shuttle fly shooting down, like, clearly, like, Millennium Falcon-esque scene. I'm like, this still holds up. Like, yes, it looks like 80s effects, but if this was a TV miniseries and I was watching the 80s, my mind would have been blown. Like, it all looks yeah. good. It holds up. The music's great. It, it just works. The music, like, I'm, the music is so good as well. The music has this motif that goes through it, and it's, it's, the, it's the Morse code for the letter V. So it's like it's basically going dot 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 dash. So it's like that dun 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 dun. That's that's it's the Morse code for the letter V. Um, the same motif was actually used by Beethoven in his Fifth Symphony, and that was actually played at the start of the BBC wartime broadcast to, to Europe during World War Two as well. So it's all like all that sort of stuff is really tied in to this idea of, you know. I'm going to jump right into this part, this yeah, sort of like it. thought on it, is everyone always is like, whenever you talk about V, and like, oh yeah, alien invasion. It's like, no, it's not an alien invasion story. It's an alien occupation story. It is an occupation, not an invasion. And that's the big crucial difference with V. And that's why I think it still holds up to this day, because it's it's something that is not done a lot. You know, you've got like alien invasion stories all the time, Independence Day, God knows how many other ripoffs God, of that as well. Independence Day just rips this thing off left and right. Oh yeah, the, I uh, had no Kenny idea. Johnson, uh, the guy who created V, 
bumped into uh, Dean Devlin and uh, Roland Emmerich at one point at some premiere somewhere. And they actually said to him, oh, we've been ripping you off for years. It's good to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're aware of it. <laughs> yeah. And he sort of like made a joke, made a joke or something. Like, oh, where's my money then? <laughs> I mean, you just watch the opening of this miniseries. It's like, holy shit, this is just Independence Day. Yeah. Like, like, I feel it's even shot the same way. The only difference is they didn't have the effects to have the flaming clouds around the spaceships as they all just arrived. Otherwise, exact same yeah. opening. I mean, that opening in El Salvador as well, I fucking love how the shoot, like, the the very first few bits as well, it's literally like it's you, the, you're the documentary crew there. And it oh, feels yeah. so much, like, very handheld, very sort of chaotic. And it's it's just, I love it. That opening sequence, it sort of throws you right into this sort of war-torn thing, and there's there's a lot of parallels that are then drawn later on because you've got the the rebel leader sort of, like, shoots the pistol at the helicopter, and then Julie... Uh, does the exact same thing towards the end with the uh, the visit fighter. She pulls oh, yeah. the pistol out, and like you know, you've got all that sort of nice sort of mixture of the you know the uh, it's not mixture, it's comparative or something like that. I can't. Yeah, it's a callback, like yeah, yeah, comparison callback, yeah, yeah. But I just love all that. It's just it's one of those things where, like, as I'm watching it, and and admittedly, I did have to watch it over multiple sittings because uh, that's just the way I. <laughs> had to work with everything i have to watch right now um but as i'm doing it i'm like like this thing is just so smartly written like it's just it's kind of nice to watch something that's just so clearly mapped out like it's just i'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase it it's very well orchestrated from beginning to end and especially like you're talking about the opening with that whole like the rebel fight scene um and I guess I should say I knew nothing about this series beyond aliens. That was the only thing I knew. I didn't know that they looked like lizard people. I didn't know the whole like farming people. Like I didn't know anything beyond there are aliens in it. Um, so when that whole opening started, I think I even messaged you. I did not expect this to start with a war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't just like, you're right. It doesn't just start with like, a, oh, look, they're in a battle. And, like, and I'm judging this based on other TV miniseries from the time that I've seen. And it's like, usually these would look kind of cheap and cheesy. And this thing starts out with, like, visceral action. Like, holy crap, yeah. Like this is, like, intense. You've got the like helicopter have... flying around, blowing shit up. You've got people, like, dragging dra- dragging wounded people like, while shooting at the this attacking force as well. It's so sort of gritty in a way. And you get so sucked into it, like, by the end of the scene when the helicopter's like, I'm going to blow Mike away whoa, fuck this, and leaves, and like, what just happened? And then, oh yeah, this is about aliens. There's yeah. a big alien ship. <laughs> and all those alien ships as well, matte paintings. They, they, they got to a point where they, I, th- I think they, they'd run out of budget or something for the model work thing, and they didn't do, they didn't have the um, the budget to do the big sort of motherships as models. So they had like people do matte paintings and just basically animated the matte painting. That explains Which why it looks just, so good. Like it looks yeah. phenomenal. It's yeah, it's just oh, it just, oh, I fucking love it. I, I love that that opening shot where you just see it just coming towards him, and he's just like, "Holy crap!" And then he's got that sort of that reporter thing of like, "I'm just I'm gonna film this," but the, you can see in his face that it's just sort of like, "What the hell is going on here?" But it's just that sort of instinctive thing as well. Uh, I'll film this as well. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, we've seen this character, I mean, both before and after this miniseries, but it's done 
very well here. Like that, I'm a reporter who's willing to put my life on the line for the story. Like we've had that character all throughout history of cinema and TV. Um, yeah. But I really like the version of it here. Like it, it was just kind of, um, it felt like this character could have gone one of two ways. He could have just basically stayed the course of, I just need to find the story or he could have kind of fallen off and they would have like, okay, now we have our point character. He's done his thing and we're going to move on. Or he's just going to get really fucking angry. Like, because of course he would get angry at what's going on. And his arc definitely goes from like, just, I need to know the right story into, I need to take these fuckers down. Yeah. And I, I love that because it's just that, that, progression from i mean for most journalists their goal is to be nonpartisan, and you know i'm just here for the facts not to get invested in any of the actual incidents that are going on and this one got so intense so fast that he had to like put the reporter part down and he used his skills of a reporter and being like a a wartime reporter and being able to get in these big scary places he used those skills to then infiltrate the alien places so that he could actually start helping people. And I just, I love how they just kind of grew that character throughout the miniseries. He was the only character, I mean, admittedly the only character that I really kind of attached to throughout the whole thing, which is, mm. I mentioned before we started recording, it's kind of my biggest problem with this is that there are just so many characters to keep track of. I know they're all well-written. I know they're all introduced. Well, as I'll let you explain better, but still it's just like, I can remember Mike. I could remember Brian. And I could remember Freddy Krueger. And otherwise, I'm just like, everyone looked familiar, but I didn't remember who they were or why they were there. That probably does have something to do with how I had to watch it. But mm. still, there's just a lot to keep track of. Yeah. There is a lot to keep track of, but it's... I think the way they introduce the characters, it sets them up so well, so quickly of like, you know... like Kenny Johnson's original draft of the script, none of the characters had names. They were all the reporter, the doctor, the the hood, the the cop. Like, you know, that was, like, how he wrote it because he wanted all these different characters from, like, really different backgrounds all coming to, like, different different ethnicities, different everything, like, everything different. And he wanted them all to sort of come together against this one sort of foe. And so, like, you, you build it up that way and then, like, you've got to introduce them and set them up who they are really quickly. So what do you do? Okay, well, you introduce them doing what they are. You know, their, their base thing. So you've got Elias is introduced breaking into someone's house. And then he turns the TV on. And then he's like, holy crap, there's alien ships around on the news. What the hell's going on here? You've got uh, Julie's introduced whilst working in, in the, uh, the the lab. You know, yeah. and then Ben is introduced as well. And this is what I love about this miniseries so much. Is they introduce all these individual characters. And then all of a sudden, they all start to interlink together so you're introduced like you know you've got ben elias and oh god i've forgotten the dad's name which See, is i told you they're hard to keep track that's of annoying <laughs> that's really annoying caleb that was it so so you've got you've got ben elias and caleb all these characters are just set up as individual characters and then all of a sudden you realize they're all related and the way they do it is it's when Caleb is taken into hospital. Yeah. You know, when, he, when he's been in the frozen thing. And Julie rings up Ben and says, your father's been taken to hospital. And then the camera just pans around. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, they're related. And then when he brings him home, Elias is there. And it's like, you know, oh, my God, he's he's the brother. And then, then you've got these two very, you know, 
very contrasting characters. One's a really successful doctor, and the other one's a, a street criminal, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and no, it's I... just I love how they do how, how that's done, and you know this whole sort of like this idea of them all feeling connected, and you've got that brilliant shot, and it's like a I think it's panning where it basically it's it's the moving towards the right constantly, yeah, and then like when everyone's like watching the the news broadcast and it keeps fading between the different households that are, and it's all this idea of like everyone's watching this together, they're all connected. These characters are all connected. And then you like you find out that a lot of them live on the same sort of street as well. And it's just... I love all that. I love how it's so... You know, because you could, you could take those elements and build an entire story around setting up those characters. Yeah, you could. And I, I feel like at times the show almost does like it, it feels like it's a like it's definitely ensemble cast versus any one main character which i really do appreciate especially in a story like this um but there are just kind of like they're as good as it works there are drawbacks because every now and then like i'll get into a story and that story isn't dropped but it's essentially forgotten for a long time um primarily for me it's the one with uh i'm forgetting all of their names now but it's the uh the family that was hiding the scientist that where their son became a sympathizer with the aliens and turned in his family fucking cool oh yeah dude. um uh david i think was the the main kid right daniel 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 yeah that was so, it yeah so daniel's the the main kid there's uh abraham's the the granddad and um he's great because he starts seeing all the same signs of like the nazi uprising oh yeah i and love the granddad in this he's so good yeah Especially when they're, like trying to graffiti like, the sign he's like no 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 it's v for victory yeah. it's like oh it's such a good yeah. scene it's brilliant and it's just so i love that's where that's how it comes about as all well, that v um yeah. and i love the look because like everyone goes into it thinking v stands for visitors yeah and then you know then you actually watch it and like no it stands for victory and that again is a i think it's a world war Two thing the french resistance i think used to spray paint v's for victory I believe so. You're the one who's written an article on this. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, all I know is like um, the day or the night that it aired in South Africa, there was a lot of people who, like anti-apartheid people, went out and spray painted red V's everywhere. That's good. It's one of my favorite stories of how you know how um, how me- a media thing like a TV series, a film, whatever, can influence real life. I fucking love that. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. But I mean, even just like as like just a nerdy TV show thing, like it just looks cool. Like this, the yeah. like the design of it, like that the specific red paint they picked on the poster, like it just works. I mean, that's the reason why it gravitated towards people. Like this thing, as weird and sci-fi and you know fucking lizard people as it can be, it still feels real. Like it still resonates. And like I'm still talking as I just watched this thing. I finished it two days ago in 2020 have not seen it before that. And I'm like, no, this still works really well. I mean, fuck, in America, we're going through this right now. We have yeah. our fucking commander-in-chief telling us not to believe scientists, that they're all a bunch of quacks. Like, that is what's happening. <laughs> I mean, that's that's another thing that really sort of like resonates now for me as well. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. It's just so weird to look at something like this, that it's like, it's fun to watch. It's like, oh yeah, look at this. Like, ooh, space fighting and... Oh, fuck. Why is this making me feel things? <laughs> yeah. 
And I love the way that like, the way the visitors like slowly work their way in as well. Like they remove people who are who are a threat like very covertly. They then re- like they take some people and convert them. Now like this whole conversion thing, we're not entirely sure, you know, how that works. That was gonna the- be sorry to interrupt. That was gonna be my one major question. Is I, I felt like that was a plot line that had essentially dropped. Like I didn't know if they were wearing like, are they wearing human skin? Like, the, the conversation between Mike and his cameraman um, slash partner where he's like, look, he's left-handed, and now he's writing with his right hand. Like, what's going on? Do they ever explain yeah. what that was? So it's it's a uh, a process, a, bypro, a, by, a byproduct of the conversion process. So what the, the conversion process is something that they don't really show in the original miniseries. It's always this sort of, like, they talk about it and and things like that. You see it in the final battle, and it's it's really weird what they do in the final battle, which is the sequel series. Um, so it's not it's not just skin suits. It's not like no, no, a, no. So they've okay. actually physically gone in and messed with the actual person's mind, um, gotcha. and and basically brainwashed them in a sense. But the byproduct of that is they're then using they are no longer like right-handed; they're now left-handed. And it's gotcha. that sort of that sort of thing. Like that's that's a way you can tell, essentially. Okay. Okay. I got it. Yeah. It was just one of those. Like, is this as a drop plot line, or was this? I guess I should ask the bigger question. Was this thing planned as like a, a multiple run miniseries? Because there are definite things in here that they leave for later. Like I, I'm thinking primarily of uh, I'm forgetting the character's name again. I apologize, but the girl who they get pregnant. Oh yeah, Robin. Robin. Right. Um. It's like that was clearly left for later. So they they always wanted to do a sequel, like going into it, like you know, this is the idea is like you know we can set this up as you know e- either a TV series, some more miniseries. Uh, Kenny Johnson wanted to do a series of TV movies afterwards, you know, like oh, okay. one one like a year um, of like these like, sequels, and you know, you'd see it progress throughout. And you do like you know maybe three or four of those are spread out over like years, and it gives you like you know you've got the time to make them and do them right, and you know sure, you yeah. don't have to go have a huge amount of budget compared to like a miniseries. And they ended up opting to do a, a miniseries sequel, um, and very early on into that process, Kenny Johnson left because they were going down a route he didn't want to do. He didn't find it interesting i think he i think he'd started crafting the story at that point and then they used some elements of his idea of his story and like other elements they brought in themselves and there's like it was essentially i think it was down to just like the direction they were going in wasn't what he wanted to do and they they wanted more action in it and that's what happened um, he was more interested in telling the sort of the, the human stories, like he tells in V, with the action sort of around that. So that's why, like the sequel series, becomes this sort of laser battle, love scene, laser battle, love scene, laser battle, cliffhanger. That, that you know, that's literally how it how it works. You, you're essentially talking me out of watching the the sequel miniseries because I was like fully in. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it after I get done with Friday the Thirteenth. Like this was fantastic, but I want more of what I watched. I don't. Yeah. Like my it, it, my. When I started losing a little bit of interest, because like don't get me wrong, it holds up, it's fun, but like I was into the human stories. I liked mm. the whole rebellion story. When it got into the action bits, I'm like, yeah, it's you know, it's done fine for like it's it's in it's engaging, it's fun. It definitely doesn't feel like TV action. It feels definitely more 80s action, uh, like 80s movie action ish, uh, with a lower yeah. budget, obviously. But like it felt more like that. So it's still engaging and fun. 
But the reason I was still in it at that point was because of everything that had come before it. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think it's worth a watch at some point, but I wouldn't recommend watching it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's worth a watch, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> well, it's... I don't know. It's It does give, like, some sort of conclusion. Then they did the TV series afterwards, and it just kept sort of going. But it is, it's just super sort of cheesy 80s stuff. I mean, like, I wasn't even joking when, like, there's the, there's jazz music. That, like, there's literally, like... There's bits, like, scenes in it where it's, like, you know, these two characters are having the little moment. It's basically turning into a love scene. And a freaking saxophone starts playing. And you're just like... Oh, my God. That's really cheesy. There there are things... Um, we've been doing a lot for uh, Behind the Hype of older films now because uh, we're just going by person. And every now and then we get into these decades where I'm like, man, I'm so glad we grew out of that, like, <laughs> early 2000s death scenes that just go on and on and on and they're just like is everyone crying yet no they're not keep the death scene going it's like man i'm so glad we're done with early 2000 death scenes i'm really (laughs) glad we're done with 80s sex scenes where all of a sudden all the candles in the house are lit and the lights have all turned blue not off and someone's playing a saxophone somewhere i'm good (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i it is really unfortunate what happened with the with the sort of the sequel because it had that, it's got that potential that's built up so well. I mean, having said that, Kenny Johnson did write a uh, a sequel of his of his own, which ignores the final battle and everything that came after that, and it's just like a direct sequel to his actual miniseries. And he kept trying to get it made as a film, and then he ended up uh, rewriting it as a book and had that published. And the book is really good. I mean, if you ever, if you can actually find a copy of it, um, I'd, I'd recommend it. As like you know, you watch the miniseries, then go read the book because it's a it's a really good sequel, and it's you know, it's set like it's one of those ones that's set like twenty five, thirty years later or something like that, because oh, wow. he was always intending on it being, you know, getting it made as a sequel, as a direct sequel, and when he was trying to get it made, it was like twenty five, thirty years later. So that's definitely interesting. Like, yeah, it's a really good book. I'd I'd really would recommend it if you if you can find it. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 2020. We can find anything, right? Yeah, um, that's true. But there, there's something just kind of like, and that's the main reason why I talked about the sequel so much, because this this show, this little mini-series, three hours of time, does, like, and this is something, like, obviously on this channel of Welcome to Your Doom, formerly Venture Bros, that we really get into, it's world-building. It's so yeah. good. Like, it, it does such a great job of establishing the Earth as it is, which is, you know, a little bit different than our current Earth, or at least at the time, current Earth, but it's still Earth. Um, you get the aliens, you get the fact that, A, we're not alone out there. B, these guys are not the good guys out there. Uh, C, we don't know if there even are good guys, but there has to be somebody better than these fuckers. Like, there's just so much there, and it feels like this miniseries, as in-depth and crazy as it is, just barely scratches the surface of what's available. So it's like, it just, it makes you want more. Like, in the best yeah. way, leaves you wanting more. It really does. I mean, I, I always get to the end of it, and like... I will still watch the final battle, but for me, it's less a satisfying conclusion to this this miniseries, and it's more just like almost like a nostalgia trip now of like just going back and watching some dumb alien action. Yeah, I feel uh, like if I were to watch the final battle, it'd be more of what I was afraid this was going to be. Yeah, I I, I think it probably would be. I think you'll probably get to the end of it and going, well, that was just you know, eighties <laughs> action, like cheesy garbage. Um, but I, I have to say, I have been shitting on it a lot 
there are some great moments in the sequel series. Like Michael Ironside shows up in the second oh, part and, and sticks around to the end, and he's fucking phenomenal in it. He's he's absolutely incredible. Like he's one of the best characters in the whole thing, and he's one of the characters that people keep bringing up to this day of saying like you know, and he's got a great names all Ham Tyler, like literally <laughs> Ham like the meat. But it's, he's just so good in that miniseries. He's just he's essentially just the badass. And he does it so well. I mean, it's like Michael Ironside. He does that, you know, he could do that like half asleep. Oh, yeah. But he's brilliant in it. And it does have some great moments in it. But the problem is it's got great moments surrounded by all this other sort of like 80s cheese, essentially. Like a lot of people sort of like think of V. And think, oh, yeah, that cheesy, that cheesy 80s thing with the, you know, the... The lizard people and things like that, and they're always thinking of like the the final battle, and the TV series that followed it, because it's not really that cheesy. The original miniseries, I mean, like like no. you were saying, it holds up to this day. Like you know, it's got some cheesy elements in it, like the bit where you see Diana's jaw unlock and she puts the the big sort of like uh, gerbil or something in it. A guinea pig, yeah. A guinea pig, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the effects there don't really hold up, but the very preceding shot where you see the the neck sort of bulging out as it's as she's sort of like swollen it that's really cool yeah and even like that effect it, it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel out of place like because of the era that we're watching this thing it's like okay yeah it's a little cheesy or corny but that's just because of age but at the time like yeah. i don't think it would have really bothered me because we are watching a sci-fi series about aliens coming to earth who are wearing human skin and they're li- lizard people underneath like the the very concept itself is a little corny yeah but it, it's it doesn't matter how corny the the concept is it just depends on your execution case in point the dark knight like this is about a man in a fucking rubber bat suit fighting a clown <laughs> you couldn't get a more ridiculous thing but that movie takes it pitch black serious and then you have a very serious yeah. film it's all about execution and i think this this miniseries is just like that like you could have made this campy and ridiculous you could have benny hill music over many of the fights like and it would have still been funny and worked <laughs> Or you could take it serious and treat it like what you want it to be, which is clearly what they did here. And you get something that might have corny moments, but it's a very serious story. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a really sort of timeless story in that you can sort of see it as a retelling of the Nazi uprising. You can now sort of like, unfortunately, in this day and age, you can now see it as a fascist party. And, I'm, yeah. you know. Trump is a fascist, as as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm concerned. You can see it as a fascist party rising up in America and pointing the finger at, like, you know, these people are wrongs. You you can see all the Trump comparisons throughout. The whole, like, no, we're smart, scientists are dumb, so listen to us, not them. Like, the whole, yeah. like, we're one of you. We're just like you. And it's like, dude, yeah. you shit in golden toilets, and you're telling people who've been unemployed for six months that you're just like them? Get the fuck out of here. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is the same thing. We're just like you. You fucking flew here in a spaceship. You are not just like us. You are yeah. eons beyond us. But they sell it so well that everyone just falls for it. And it's the, it's that sort of thing of all that how quickly a lot of people turn on on their like fellow humans for these visitors because these visitors, the you know, the aliens can you know, they can reward them. Yeah. I mean like the character of Eleanor, her, uh, Mike's uh, Mike Donovan's mother. She's a fucking brilliant character. Great like, character. How Hated quickly so does much. she? <laughs> yeah. How quickly does she turn to just like, oh, we can do this. We, oh, we can get this thing. Like you know, straight away she's like, you should put in a bid on your plan. And then it's like immediately, 
you know, she sells out the the Maxwells. Yeah. She hears the hears the little baby cry, and then like immediately goes and rings up things like if I think someone's smuggling someone out, you know, what should I do? And it's like, oh, well, I don't want any kind of reward. You're like, you lying bitch. Yeah. Oh my god. Her speech to Mike, like, I'm a survivor. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> I mean, you could literally take that speech, stick it in a World War Two film. Yeah. Of like you know, and have a collaborator with the Nazis saying that, and it, you wouldn't have to change a fucking line. It yeah, is feel... so well. And she written. delivers it so well. Yeah, like, I'm not familiar with that actor much beyond anything. A lot of people in this, other than Freddy Krueger and then two people from the show Oz, um, which I loved seeing both of them in here. Like it took me a minute. I'm like, why do I know you? <laughs> oh, oh, I've seen you be horrible. Um, <laughs> fantastic actors though so i always like seeing them pop up but it's still like just going back to like the whole how surprised i am at how well it holds up there isn't a bad performance in this like there isn't a single person i'm like that that didn't work like everyone is on their game and they're all just like they're all keeping each other up the whole time like they're Mm. they're feeding into each other like it's that's a whole world building thing you buy that these people know each other have history together you get it and that whole conversation circling back between uh, mike and his mom and you can just see that Mike has been dealing with this frustratingly conservative mother his whole life, and this is her peak. Like, oh, this is as bad as she can get. Good to know, I guess. Yeah. But without speaking yeah. about their whole history, you can still see it on their faces, in their mannerisms, the way they have a, a barely a relationship. It's all there in a very short amount of screen time. Yeah, and it's all set up really early that they don't have this great relationship. Like... Um... When uh, the stepfather points out, oh, there's Mike there, and she's like, yeah, well, he barely spoke to me. It's like, well, he's really busy, obviously. And it's that it's that sort of way she says it. And it's like, it's that sort of self-importance thing. It's like, well, he didn't even have time to come over and say hi to me. He, he's fucking busy working. He's a yeah. cameraman on a news thing. He's covering a huge freaking story. At this point, the largest story in the world's history. <laughs> like, yeah. He's it's a like, little busy. Boo-hoo, he didn't come and say hi. He, he fucking did say hi to her, but he didn't stick around long enough. Boo-fucking-who. <laughs> oh, what a what a great, terrible character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, did you know... I don't know if you if you really picked up on, on it, because I sort of picked up on it this time. And it's... One of the visitors looks like fucking Donald Trump. No, I totally missed that. But now I got So do you know the guy the guy who is the really talkative one where Mike's sort of escaping the mothership and he's like you know, that oh. uh, Barbara says, Don't speak don't speak and it's like, yeah, my voice will give me away. And he's yeah. like talking to him and he's like he's the one who ends up chasing him in the fight as well. I saw this I saw it this time and I'm like, Holy crap, he looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch that scene. I, I, I definitely missed it. But man, that scene is tense as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as he gets the like, talkative guy, I'm like, ah, he's fucked. And yeah. I didn't. And he's there, like, "What unit you with?" And he's like, just like you know, showing him like the <laughs> two two fingers and, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> now, how quickly do you think he was onto him? I think. We I think. Different... I think as soon as he held up the the two fingers and was just sort of like you know, didn't he's not even speaking. Yeah, I think as soon as he didn't reply to like the second question, which might have been which unit are you with? Yeah, uh, he's like, bop, fuck. Who is this guy? Because he doesn't stop talking from there. And then so when they're getting off the ship, you going to answer me? you going to answer me? Just raise the gun? I want to hear you gun? say goodbye. I fucking love that. As he's aiming as well. Come on, I want to hear you say goodbye. <laughs> and then he's like, throws the guy, like, steals the truck and he's like, goodbye. Oh my God, such a good moment. 
it's yeah. just like I oh yeah, like the intensity of that and just you can imagine like that's probably not gonna be a really quick trip down there as well. No. But they're all sort of crammed in. So it's like he you can just imagine he's just pushing and pushing and pushing all the way down. Oh, for sure. Like that had to be like I don't want to start a gunfight on a ship, but as soon as we get off, I'm icing this dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there's something that kind of like it it reminded me a lot of uh, the Donald Sutherland body snatcher scene of just like, wait, he knows. Oh, shit, he knows. (laughs) God, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Yeah, I considered it for my Halloween films, actually, uh, this year. It's a good one. It's not great, and it doesn't hold up that well, but it's still fun. Like, I I love the body snatcher. I enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of all of the remakes, but that one I like. Yeah. Um, it's just there's so there's like I know I know we're trying to keep this sort of like under like so many times there's so so much time but it, right. there's so much to uh, really we haven't even scratched we barely scratched the surface in a lot of this stuff as well because we've not even talked about Robert Robert Maxwell selling out the rest of the resistance to save his daughter and then he has that moment of like I can't do this I can't do, I've got to warn the camp. And then he sort of like basically steals a jeep and just like sort of tears ass going towards it, and then immediately like you you know that they're not gonna wait for like you know wait till that time anyway. But just that horrible that that moment of realization where it's like it's not four o'clock, you lied, and you see these the ships going across, and it's just that oh god. There is something it about just... that that scene, like, especially the whole Robert stuff, that just really bothered me. And I don't know what it was. Like, it could have just been the emotional aspect of it, of like, okay, if I sell out the camp, I keep my daughter. If I don't sell out the camp, my daughter dies. And it's just yeah. like that perfect rock in a hard place situation. And I, I don't know how he could have handled it in a way that would have made me more comfortable with it. But it still just kind of felt like this is just such a fucked situation that it was just like it frustrated me as a viewer like this guy is just beyond fucked and i don't think he handled it in any proper way i don't know which way he could have handled it like he didn't know that mike was going to get onto the ship and save his daughter he didn't know that was going to happen so he had to do what he had to do but at the same time it just made me feel like angrily uncomfortable does that make sense Mm. Yeah, it makes, like it's not it makes a sense. I think, show. I, I, mean, think like, that's, I think that's how you want, how you're expected to feel in that situation. Yeah, like I, I said, I, it's literally rock in a hard place. Yeah, I feel like they, they probably my saying that would be like Kenneth Johnson would be like, "Good, that that was the intention. I'm glad I yeah. made you uncomfortable." But there's like that some, that there's visitor about, as well. There, I, Sorry, I was just saying, there's something about the actual like uh, the scene where he's like, "Look, dude, I know you know where the camp is." I tell me where the camp is or I kill your daughter. He's like, I can't. My wife and kids are out there. If I give that away, I'm fucked. And he's like, all right. And just like from that moment on, I'm like, what I honestly thought was going to happen and almost what I prefer to happen, although this was definitely better, um, doesn't change my mind still, I was I almost wanted him to be like, okay, okay, here's the camp. Great. All right, let's go to the camp and just shoot him and keep going. Because yeah. that, to me, felt more in line with the aliens. And I think that might be the only reason why it might have bumped me a little bit. Because this guy is just a wasted space at this point. They don't need him. They don't care about him. They're not really keeping up appearances with anybody here because he's the only one there. And they're going to go kill everybody at the camp anyways. And probably the daughter because every human, every human is expendable. Mm. Like they're either food or they're slaves. Like it's one or the other. So... See- I sort of read it as 
they'll keep the daughter and keep him, you know, to feed them more information. I guess. I guess it's because they still went to go after the family. Like, they're still going to take everybody out because they gave him only to 4 o'clock. So if he didn't get it done by 4 o'clock, they're killing his family. It yeah. just it felt like a, a misfire of a situation. Like, in my mind, knowing the aliens, I'm like, they would have just killed him. Like, why wouldn't they just kill him after they get the info? Because now he's either either kidnap him and keep him for more info. Yeah, or either just kill they'd him. have taken him. Yeah, they'd either have killed him there or taken him up to the ship. They probably would have like, they probably would have taken him to the mothership. Yeah, really, rather than killed him, because then you can you can still extract more information. Sure. Yeah, um, I just I think the letting him go is what gave me that kind of uneasy feeling. On top of the whole rock and the hard place situation, which is already a horrible situation for this character to be in, it just in a show that is so airtight and not, I can't say flawless for pretty much anything, but as close to flawless as a fucking eighties miniseries can get, it's weird to have that one kind of glaring, like, okay, this is just here for entertainment. Like I'm so Mm. into this world because everything feels real, but this moment here feels like you're doing this for me, the viewer, not for the world. And I I don't like being able to notice those moments and stuff. And if that's my one major complaint with the series, then like fucking four stars. Like I have one thing. Yeah, <laughs> you got one issue with it. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's like that visitor as well. The the captain, he fucking hell, he's he's very very good. At oh yeah, convincing as well. Like you know, that whole thing, like you know, from one father to another. It's just like Jesus Christ, he's good. He's very fucking good. And it was and that line that made me go like, oh, so they're gonna kill him now? Like he is just saying anything he can to give him to get up, give up all the info, and oh, he got it. And then oh no, he's. He's still letting him live. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I never really saw. I never thought of it really that much in, in that way. But you're probably right. You know, like the way they've acted throughout, they would have just taken him, taken him up to the mothership as well, and then just extracted more information. Yeah, and got more information, or thrown him in a bag for food later. Like it would have been one yeah. or the other. Like it, it letting him go potentially screw the things up for them. Because if they didn't let him go, they would have won. Yeah. The only the only thing I can think that would justify it is if they didn't let him go, someone in the actual resistance base there would have noticed he's gone and they may have changed the plans. They may have gone, like, you know, because they may have thought, oh, he's been caught. We need to change our plan and, like, we need to move quicker. That's the only thing that I can think that would maybe justify them letting him go, keeping guess, him around yeah. where it's... Uh, yeah, that makes sense, but I still think like they lost the daughter and nobody even blinked an eye at that. Yeah, but the daughter's the daughter. She's just sort of around. I think like I Robert's actually been actively involved in that. You know, he that's was fair. talking about the uh, the anthropology behind it. Okay, good enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is this is the great thing about it as well. Like it, it's sort of like you're leading on to more that's coming after that as well. With like you've got. Then the the execution of the actual plan, which I think is great, the way they do it, and um, I just I love the bit as well when Mike's going back into the alien ship and fucking Donald Trump visitor is on the same goddamn shuttle again, <laughs> <laughs> and you see that look on his face. He's he's not next to him this time, but he's behind there. You see that he fucking pulls the cap down and he's like, oh for oh, fuck's sake, <laughs> like, what are the odds? <laughs> Oh, that's a oh, great moment. I God. also really liked, uh, God, what was it? Um, no, I'm blanking on it. It was something to do. Oh, the other thing I really liked in the show that I, I wish they'd given just a little bit more time to, but I don't. I know it was already kind of tight, 
but it would have been kind of cool to get a little bit more of like which aliens are like what we're doing is wrong like mm. maybe we shouldn't be killing entire civilizations for water like we could work with them and it would be okay because we only got we have the the one guy who's actually on the ship that mike's like no you're not getting off we need you here i know it's scary yeah. but we're all fucking scared so please stay we need you and then we have i that think moment, robert england I was like uh was kind of pro-human i kind of got that vibe for him but yeah he also kind of disappears um well he's sort of he's i mean this bear in mind this is before nightmare on elm street so he's not a very well-known actor at this point so he's, right. he's one of the sort of the, the minor characters and he does sort of like he keeps going he's there throughout towards the end i mean uh like when towards the end when the when they set the explosives off at the plant you know, Harmony, like, sort of, he stood right next to the explosion, and she shouts, Willie! And he sort of, like, comes oh, over, right, and then right. it yeah. blows up. Um, so he's, like, he's right he's right there towards the end. Um, and you've got, like, Martin, uh, the one on, on the ship, that scene where he's, like, you know, we're all scared. I love that. It's a great scene. The, the guy who plays Martin, um, Frank Ashmore, I think he's called, the look on his face when he looks back and sees uh, Sancho, who sat in the back, think like looking like fucking tortured and like yeah. completely out of it, and he's just like, okay, okay, you're right, um, and he just gives him the advice on how to fly, fly the ship, and it's just like, geez, that it's so understated, and that's one of the things that I really like about this series is it's not it's not like typical eighties stuff where everything's overblown everything there's there's quite a lot of understated subtleties in a lot of the performances yeah yeah uh, it, performance like i said performances throughout are fantastic uh we, yeah. we got to hit one more thing before we start wrapping up here uh and i think it's probably the most important thing in the show so but we got to talk about the ending yeah because if uh if you're sitting down watching this show for the first time like i did you might not be expecting uh the humans to essentially lose in the end <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. They hopefully lose. They win the battle, but the war, they're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, yikes. I mean, there's that line, and it's like, you know, she literally says, yeah, we won the battle, but the war is just beginning. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the war, a war of, like, you know, tiny little resistance pockets versus this huge thing. And it was... And I, I just, I love the whole, like, yes, we're reaching out there. Uh, we're reaching out into space, letting people know who's here and asking for help. But we need to face the very, very real possibility that it's us versus them. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, I really loved that. Like, I love the whole, like, we're going to ask for help, but we have to prepare as if they're not coming. Because if we're waiting for them, we will lose. Because these guys are here now. Yeah. And I just, we can't I just that... rely on someone to come and save us. Yeah. And especially because you don't know who's coming. You don't know. Especially, you're just reaching out into the dark, hoping for the best. We don't yeah. know. Are these the good guys in space? Like, they mentioned that they have an enemy, and Mike just assumes, mm. well, enemy of my enemy would be my friend, right? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> I love that as well, because it's not like, it's not a, a definite answer of it. It's just so much like, mm, maybe. <laughs> or maybe they just show up and enslave both of us. We don't know. Yeah. But you're really just hoping for the best, because you know that as humans right now, we can win small fights if they don't think they're coming. But if they want to, if they're taking us as a legit threat, we are way outgunned. Yeah. 
and I, I, just, I thought that was just such a smart way to end this. And I, I, I even kind of like glancing through your uh, your article you wrote on this a while back. And it's like, I totally agree. I think this is the only satisfying ending for this. I think if they'd gone Independence Day and like, yep, we won. Hooray for humans. And oh, like, God, well, that yeah. didn't really feel earned, especially given the way this was going. Like they were a hundred steps ahead of the human race every step of the way. It really wouldn't make sense for us to, you know, I don't know, load a computer computer virus into their ships and, you know, bring them down. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it works. I think it works really well. And it's just the best of filmmaking when it's a very sad ending. Like the human race has lost, but it still ends hopeful. Like that is a, mm. a very tiny needle to thread. And I think they did a great job with it. Yeah. It's like we've lost for now, but we yeah. might be able to win. It's that sort of that hopefulness, like you, like you were saying, it's just, it's great. I love that. And, you know, it's got that sort of, that end, but there's just that, that, that one little music cue that gives you that hopefulness. It's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah. And then it jumps into that really sort of like upbeat, um, glo- uh, I can never remember what the actual lyrics are. I think they're Latin lyrics or Italian or something like that. But they essentially it's, it translates to something like glory for something. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go back and watch the uh, the audio commentary. Uh, Kenny Johnson actually mentions what the lyrics actually uh, translate to. But it, like this is what this is what I mean. Like when the, the music as well, like, like everything's so th- well thought out. So you got the music has got that sort of that V thing, and it's all around that. The idea of like you know an occupation and you know people like ordinary people sort of rising up you know going back to you know this is the kind of thing that they used to like World War Two thing that the Beethoven uh, Fifth Symphony was that opening thing and it's yeah. a very similar sort of uh, motif that they use in that and yeah it's um, yeah it's I I keep saying yeah a lot but but it, I just I always have these sort of things like I I just can't articulate it and well, yeah. like whatever I can come up with would probably not be the, the you know wouldn't do it justice I mean yeah as well we're we're, we're going to cover an entire series here in a week I'll I'll do the exact same thing don't worry <laughs> Uh, but speaking of which, I, I feel like we, we've been talking for nearly an hour. Uh, we should probably try to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, I wasn't really didn't really have anything planned for the end here. Like quotes would be really tough, uh, although there are great ones in it. Favorite moment I thought was probably be our best thing. Like what was your your favorite moment of this? If you had to pick one, like if you had one moment to try to sell somebody on it, like what would what would you show them from this series? See, I think my favorite moment. It's not necessarily something I'd show them to get them interested in it okay but my favorite moment in it is it's right near the end and it's where uh sydney gets the letter out and hands it to his wife and says this is a letter my dad wrote and the when she's reading that letter you know it's the performance is just outstanding it is so heart-wrenching as well oh yeah you know like that that whole speech that whole thing that she reads out and then he like he just and then um he just like sort of caps it off with we have to help them or else we won't won't have learned a thing and it's just it calls back like the call back right back to when abraham said that to to sydney and was just like you know 
he's talking about and, he, and back, going back to him telling him about how uh, his mother actually made it to the camps and like you know she was taken off to the showers the showers with no water oh, and it's like we have scene. to help them otherwise you know we won't have learned a thing it's just so powerful you know like there's this series the miniseries has so many powerful moments in it like that which yeah it just it just blows me away still i've seen it god knows how many times and that scene where she's reading that letter it still blows me away of how powerful it is my scene would be uh it's actually very much related to yours and again, uh, much like yours, I'm not sure if I'd show it to somebody to get them to watch it. Maybe that was the wrong way to phrase this. But it's a scene we actually already talked about. And it has to be the the spray painting scene, like where the kids mm. are graffitiing the thing. And he's like, no, it's a V for victory. And it's just such a good, like, such a good moment of, like, this guy who's been through this war-esque situation before. And he can call it all out. He sees everything that's happening. And he's like, hey, guys. We're fucked, but we need to be hopeful, and this is how we do it. It's just such a great, yeah. powerful moment. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just there. It hits the beats it needs to hit. It leaves you with like this emotional punch, and then it gets out. Like It's just such a well-crafted scene. I just I loved it. It's perfect. It's the perfect way to end the first part as well. Yep. You see 100%. that scene's like, well, I'm coming back for part two. Yeah, how could you I not? need to know what happens next. Yeah. And that was kind of my problem. Like That's why I'm glad we spent some time talking about the sequel, because I was doing the same thing at the end of it. I'm like, oh... Maybe I don't need to see what happens next. I'll try to find the book. <laughs> yeah. Definitely uh, read the book. The book is great. I, I the book g- is really good. And it's a much better sequel as well. I will because even, even in like in the in the original miniseries, Martin mentions that the plan will take a generation. Yeah. But it will work. And it literally is a generation later. So it, it the actual timing of it works out really well. And I like how they did seed that. In case maybe maybe we won't do a sequel straight away, maybe we'll come back to it later. But it was such a huge popular success; they were sort of like they pushed for a sequel really quickly. And I think another reason why Kenny Johnson walked away is that they were rushing it as well. They were they were sort of like the, the sequel came out the very next year. Yeah, there is one movie that I can think of, or I guess no, I'll give it one that was rushed beyond comparison, and I still thought it worked, and that is Scream Two. That's about it. Mm. I found V, the second generation, written by Kenneth Johnson on Amazon. It goes for quite a bit of money, but we'll we'll see if I can track oh, it. Really? Down. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been we're just about to actually hit an hour on this thing, so I think we should uh, wrap up with some plugs here, and then uh, we'll say goodbye. Uh, first plug: yeah. if you didn't get the the thing that I was saying in the beginning of this, next Friday, November Friday the thirteenth, uh, Matt and I here with a couple of special guests will be doing a ranking episode. Of the entire Friday the 13th series, including both the remake and Freddy vs. Jason. So we got 12 out of 12 films going. I could not be more excited for this episode. I've been watching the movies relentlessly because I got that lovely Blu-ray box set. Um, I am through movie five at this point. I'm going to try to watch six tonight and then the rest throughout the week. I am very glad to be done with five. Five is not my favorite of the franchise, but you know, it happens. Everyone has a, everyone has a, a bastard child. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to do it. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be ranking Final Girls. We're going to be ranking Kills, movies, tons of stuff. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. And then on Behind the Hype, this all month long, we are studying the amazing actor Hugo Weaving. Uh, we started out on November 5th uh, this week with V for Vendetta. 
a lot of V in my watching the past uh, <laughs> week or yeah, so. Yeah, I, I pointed that out to you. Like, the day I was like, hmm, this week's going to be V week for you. It really is. And uh, <laughs> the best thing about V for Vendetta, I will spoil for you now if you don't want to listen to our episode. It's amazing the parallels between the movie V for Vendetta and our current society. Cap, like capping it all off, the movie V for Vendetta takes place in 2020. Seriously, seriously, I never realized that blows my mind. Apparently, even the writers were like, "We had no idea. We just picked 2020 out of a hat. We didn't know how accurate we were going to be." <laughs> oh God! People always yeah. talk about Simpsons predicting the future. Yeah, who knows? Going to be V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a scary, horrible thought. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. We've already recorded the episode. It's a lot of fun recording it. Uh, it might not have aged as kindly as we all hoped it would, but we still had a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, Matt, anything to plug? Uh, I mean, I, I have an article about the original miniseries of V. Um, it was I wrote it a couple of years ago, and I shared it to like a, a Facebook group on that's like about V, and it ended up getting sent to Kenny Johnson himself, who got in contact, and he, yeah, he, he had some very very nice things to say about it. He felt it was like you know, very well researched, and yeah. He sent me a signed photo for it. It was it was amazing. It's like one of the most. It's one of the uh, most amazing experiences of of sort of like this whole thing with podcasting and and writing articles. That was the first one where, you know, my something I'd written had got sent into the original creator, and I I was blown away by his response. I I still have the email like saved. It was just such a really nicely written email. I'm um, sure I would so, have yeah, printed it out and framed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh yeah I'll probably do that at some point to be fair, next to the next to the the photo the uh, the same photo that you sent me yeah so yeah so go check that out uh I I imagine we can probably put a link in the uh, yeah we'll the, we'll the definitely thing. do that so a big thanks to Matt for uh, for recommending this I'm so glad I took the time to watch it it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you were able to watch because there was a, a point there where we thought we may not be able to make this episode. Yeah, yeah. But I'm there so was a moment where I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to have time because work was getting a little nuts. But then things calmed down. I got a big window. I was able to get through the majority of it in one sitting. Got it done. Yeah, I'm so right. glad that you were able to because it was so much fun to actually talk about this. <laughs> oh, of as course, well. yeah. I, I like it when it's actually fun to talk about. Yeah, unlike uh, prom night. <laughs> that poor movie. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to check out Behind the Hype to hear us try to be nice to prom night. Oof. It <laughs> was a rough one. Uh, okay, thank you everyone so much for listening. This was a lot of fun. Uh, tune in next Friday for our Friday the 13th ranking episode. And uh, we'll be back with Welcome to Your Doom regular episodes here at the end of the month. Uh, if not, beginning of next month, depending on when Graham's able to get back to work. Uh, so thank you again, and bye! Bye! bye.